Hello there. Welcome to Laidback Japanese, a native shark podcast. In these podcasts, your hosts, Chie and Tai, explore everything Japanese. Anything from things you may encounter in your daily life in Japan to the things that a learner of Japanese might have some questions about. I wonder, what are we talking about today? Yoiko no minasan! LBJP ga hajimari yo! Oh, nante itta? Have you heard that before? Mm-hmm. What's that? It's like a common anime opening in Japan if it's playing on TV. They'll、oh. say, hey children, something something is about to start. Gather around. Phrase. Oh. Yoiko being eiko. Then it.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, okay. I thought yoiko was just like its own word. I'm like, what word is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I understand. Hajimete kita kamo. Honto? Eh? Have you watched anime on Japanese actual TV? I have not. Okay, I have a TV. There's this card that you need to watch TV with in Japan.、Mm-mm-mm. It's weird. So I ordered one and then I like turn on the TV and I'm watching the channels. And there's like a few channels, and the rest of the channels you need to have a subscription for as well. <laughs> oh no. え、で、そこまで行ってない。うん、ちょっとちょっとトゥーマニーステップス。いや、ハイブネットフリックス。あとはね、ご覧のスポンサーの提供でお送りいたします。ああ、それわかる。うん、ご覧のスポンサー、で
聞いたことある見たことない最近ね、The Life of a House Husband、国主不動、見たんだけどね。I watched it in dubbed because I was watching it with a friend that didn't speak Japanese.、うん、And because it's about a Yakuza character, there's so much <笑> cultural context that we paused and that I would explain, you know, like a dogeza or cutting a pinky <笑> off or I don't know, whatever else that came up. That The experience is completely different. Like, it might be funny to watch it in English、mm-hmm. not knowing the context, but there is another one, two, three levels down that it goes into that you just don't catch. That, yeah, I think that was a big pull for me is seeing how different the culture is and then experiencing that to some extent through all the anime that I watched. Have you re watched anything that you went back to that you used to like and to yourself thinking,、mm-hmm. oh man? I missed so much. Yeah, I've rewatched, I guess, like a handful of shows, or like I'll watch new shows and I'll notice more things, I think, than I used to be able to with English, especially the formalities and stuff and the nuances with that. So, like, even characters usually speaking casual language, then they'll switch to formal language for one sentence. Like, why would they do that? Then you start to understand because you're just. You kind of also do that in your own language when you're making jokes. We do that all the time, Chia.、Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, things like that, I definitely notice. I can't say any specific example at this moment, but I do notice when characters are always formal or like always casual and all those nuances that come with that. So, there's definitely a lot more nuance that I'm understanding as opposed to before I spoke Japanese. What got you started on the down the path of watching anime? So, what got me into anime?、Mm-hmm. Just kind of a lot of free time, really. <laughs> kind of a lot of free time. <laughs> so, Daigaku, Amma, Skizanakata, Kara, Chuto, Anime, Toka, Mirion, Ninatete, Sore de Nihongo, Benkyo Steina, Toyu, Kimochiga, Dete. Yeah. So, it was like a kind of a time killer. I was just kind of overall bored. So,、mm-hmm. that's why I started learning Japanese. After picking up anime too. Anime or game? Game, yeah. I mean, I've, my life, has just since, since I could hold a controller, I was doing that. So I always loved games.、Mm. But anime was more, I started just after I started college, maybe. So you said that you started learning to be able to watch. Were you ever demotivated the fact that that was your goal? And but maybe you look at it and you're just like, I, I still don't understand this. Throw it out the window. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's part of the reason I haven't watched it still. So I'm like, <laughs> have I achieved it yet? I don't know. But I can't say I've lost too much motivation. And I think a big reason for that is because I've always used games and anime to study with. Actually, anime, I don't tend to study with very much. It's not as fun as games to me. Because anime, you have to like pause, and then if you don't understand it, you can't just skip it, really. You kind of can, but it, it feels bad to do it personally. So I don't. So it's a lot harder, in my opinion, than games. But games, the reason I like those is because you can just pause them. Or if it's a game you know really well, say Pokemon, or for me, like Final Fantasy, I don't know. Final Fantasy Tactics, right? On DS. I love that game. So, like, I could study with those all day long, or like Fire Emblem, even though it's really kind of difficult language, technically, it's still fun for me, and I can just play the game when I don't feel like reading. So, games were super motivational for me, and games were like one of the big reasons I started studying too, because I love Nintendo. 
So I guess to sum it up, the most important thing, if anyone else listening maybe is losing motivation or maybe in the future, maybe if you start to lose motivation, the most important thing is just kind of think about why you started. So for me, that was games. And if I'm losing motivation, I'll just play some games in Japanese. I won't even look anything up. I think that's true in most things in life. Like right now I'm studying to do 3D art and studying to become a 3D artist. And going back to the why is very strong. It's huge. Yeah. What's your why there, Chie? I want to become a person who is very good at one thing、mm. and then versed in many other things, but very deep into one thing. And I chose 3D for myself to do that with. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. I don't like the feeling of not having something deeply rooted within me. Yeah. It's really nice to constantly be working towards this one goal.、Mm-hmm. That, kind of, that makes life just so much more fun, in my opinion. It makes it so much more like, fulfilling to just try to be crazy at this one thing. For you, that's, that's Blender now, right?、Mm-hmm. For me, that's Japanese. <laughs> yeah. I just always want to be studying. I want to be basically, I want to be like, indistinguishable from a native levels of good. Who knows how long that will take or even if I'll get there. But I think that's okay because. It's a lot of fun trying to do it. What did you start with when you started learning Japanese? Oh, I started with, I think, a Google search. I searched and I found Nihongo Shark. Oh, the first thing you found? Wow. I think it was either that or I found it from Reddit, but I feel like Reddit doesn't talk about it. So I think I found it through a Google search. And then I read the guide and it was like 300 pages and I read all of them. <laughs> oh, no, yes. The good old days. Yeah, it was just a PDF instead of Native Shark and actually a course where you can actually learn. Oh gosh, Native Shark is so much better than <laughs> Nihongo Shark. But anyway, I started learning with just pure kanji for almost four months. So I did like, it was like 100 days. I did 20 a day. I feel like at the, at the very beginning, 20 kanjis would be fine because they're very simple and they're rudimentary. But then at a certain threshold, it would switch over to everything has a gombin or, you know, like the speaking left side and everything looks exactly the same. Yeah. How do you distinguish them? You know, that kind of feeling. Yeah. It's just about building those elements or like you looking at the elements and like all the little parts that come up that make it up and making stories on that. Do you recommend?、Uh, just pure kanji study? I do not recommend. Atamaitai. <laughs> Atamaitai. <laughs> I found it. Okay, let me rephrase that. I don't recommend it for people who don't find it fun. I love sure, it. Sure, sure. So I would recommend it for people who love it just because it's fun, not because it's necessarily the best thing for your studies or something like that. But me truly learning kanji was actually studying and getting vocab and learning the kanji in vocab. That's when I actually learned the kanji. Because、mm. like, before it was like just comparing it to the English. And there's no real English word. There's no real just one Japanese word for a certain kanji either. So. Bunpo no hon toka wa? When did you start jumping into bunpo in the books? Sore wa ta to ni bunpo no hon yomeru yon ni natta. So, how I studied is it was every day. So, I did one hour every single day and I never missed a day except for once. <laughs> just <laughs> once. I forgot to study. <laughs> I was busy. I was on a, on a family trip. <laughs> so sad. I think Kayla was telling me that Thai's streak on Anki has existed longer than Native Shark or something like that. That's 
yeah that's completely true (laughs) (laughs) i i don't remember my streak but before it broke i think it was something like 1100 days which is almost four years or something i don't know i'd have to look if anyone's curious come ask me in the community i'll look it up and i'll let you know (laughs) nativestrikeslot.com slash community i'll send a screenshot in there but yeah my Anki streak has existed longer than Native Shark, I think, still at this point. <laughs> I really liked studying. <laughs> I still do. But yeah, I read the grammar book and then I got through X page. I think I did one section a day was my goal. So I did one section a day and then I did that for maybe two months. Then I hopped into video games, maybe even one month. Like I just immediately video games. <laughs> so, Dolbutsu no Mori. I started playing mm. and then looking up everything and not understanding anything, but I still had fun. <laughs> How do you recommend now to utilize looking things up and incorporating that into studies? Looking things up, there's definitely a few tricks that I've learned. One of the biggest things is especially if you're playing something that doesn't have hirigana, so the little kana above all the kanji to tell you how to read it, using Google Translate app and taking a picture of it will yoink all the readings and stuff for you. And then take that and then go to jisho.org <laughs> and then copy that. Don't trust Google Honyaku. Don't. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you put that, though, after you get that information? How, how would you go about learning that information? What I would do once I grab those sentences is I would put them into my flashcard deck. So at the time, it was Anki. Now I do Native Shark custom flashcards. And put it, learn that word in the original sentence you found it in. Because then you'll remember it so much better. I also made little notes what game I found it from. So I remember like what words I've learned from Animal Crossing, what words I've learned from Pokemon. It's really fun. Just useless knowledge and fun (laughs) knowledge. (laughs) But yeah, so I would study, keep those words in the same sentence. Try not to use vocab with just single vocab because it doesn't mean anything. There's there's no debun, there's no example. You don't know how to use it. And the problem with that I've seen with lots of reibun online in like dictionaries, and I think even jisho.org has this issue, is it pulls from a database where sentences aren't checked. So a non-native can write a sentence and then put that in that database and the dictionary will use it. So it might not be correct. Or like a random person from the internet. Anyone can put a sentence in there. So I would say always use the sentence you found the word in and use that, put that in your card as well. It's very important. JLPT When did you start thinking about the gangle tests, the knowledge tests? Honestly, so I just played a bunch of video games and then like played Fire Emblem and that was really more difficult side. So that was more N1, N2 kind of area. And then I just studied without thinking about them much. And then I'm like, hey, wait, yeah, there's that test. Let me go take the N2 and see. <laughs> JLPT N2 is... It goes N1 is the highest, right? Yep. And there's five levels total. Mm-hmm. So five is like the beginner level and then N1 is the maximum. Because as long as you have the proper qualifications for other stuff. You can get jobs within Japan with N2 and or N1. Yep. I think it counted points towards your visa when you got it too. Yeah, I think it was the only thing that got me the visa. <laughs> because <laughs> i don't have a four-year degree i have a two-year degree in something, something unrelated 
So I think having N1 is the only reason I got in Japan. It's important if you want to get here. Mm. <laughs> so taking it or passing N1. I think N2 might not have gotten me there. But I took N2 without focused study. I just did games and I did grammar books. And at that time, Nico's daily lessons were coming out. So oh. pre-Native Shark content. That also lasted for like a year or two without stopping. It was a crazy amount. I think those were helpful for me to get that last little bit in order to pass N2. Before taking N1 and after taking N1, what were your expectations of a person passing N1 be able to do ability-wise versus <sighs> N1 achieved, but mm-hmm. afterwards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before taking N1, I was like, wow, you are at the apex. You are like a god of Japanese. How did you pass the N1? That's the maximum. Like there's nothing above that, right? And then I passed the N1. And as soon as I passed the N1, the first thing that I learned when I passed the N1 was, this is it? <laughs> really? Really? No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not fluent. What? And I remember, because in the old Discord, we had three tags. We had Japanese beginner, Japanese intermediate, and Japanese advanced. And when I passed the N1 is when I gave myself the advanced tag, and it felt wrong. Oh, no. It felt empty. <laughs> like, I'm not this good. Obviously, if you pass N1, you're definitely good. But I wasn't conversational. I think that was my main point. I, yeah, I don't think the definition of me achieving N1, N2, N3 equates mm. to any fluency level that a person might actually have for themselves to achieve. I don't think it's a very good reflection of ability. Yeah, I agree. If your goal is to pass N1 and then get to Japan to work, then yeah, sure. Passing the test is a really big yeah. deal. But aside from that, if you want to enjoy Japanese and its culture, it doesn't mm. give you too much to go off of. It's it's a it's a good base ground, I guess, to go off of. But Yeah, I feel like N1 is the starting point almost. In a way, all the other levels are obviously starting points and like big achievements, no doubt. Mm. But for me, I feel like when I started truly becoming fluent or like really becoming functional, maybe is the better word, functional. Fluent doesn't mean anything. So when I started becoming functional and like conversationally functional, it was when I passed N1 and like started working on that. Uh, Yeah, I think N1 knowledge gives you the baseline of I understand Japanese now. So I can pull from the ether and learn Japanese instead of let me go look at a grammar book. So you can piece through, piece together things better out in the wild. You know, you can take this kanji and that kanji and it forms a word and you can read it right away and you would understand it right away because you're probably past N1 or whatever. So I think it is a pretty good baseline for your brain to kind of be at. Mm, I agree. I think it gives you the tools in your toolbox. Passing N1 means your toolbox is kind of full. Now you need to learn how to use the tools. Mm. <laughs> yeah, do you remember when I first came to Japan? Or first time we met, I was N1 level. Did I feel super fluent to you? Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> it was like Nico says even, right? He would be able to pull super random obscure words out of the dictionary in his head. And everyone else around him even Japanese people would be like, well, what are you saying? We have no idea. And or 
a Japanese conversation would be happening right in front of you and it would just, you know, all the grammars are dropped or there's no context if you just jump in and everything is happening and you just can't understand the conversation. It's too fast. That's the biggest thing is with when I'm listening to natives, it's so fast. If you study just to pass the test, your audio that you need to understand for the, for the JLPT is like so slow and perfectly clear and everything is like no grammar is dropped and it's so it's so unnatural. It's like this. Versus it's just completely clear. And it's not natural. So like then you get into a conversation and then it's like fast, fast, fast. You're like, oh my God. But something that actually helped me a lot with understanding that is Native Sharks audio because it's just we tell our voice actors, don't be a voice actor. Stop it. Stop. Be a normal yeah, person and just record like a normal person. I remember how much trouble Nico and they had to go through. They still do sometimes. Yeah, do they? I bet. Yeah. I, I was actually part of picking the mm -hmm. voice actors, the initial ones. We were reworking our audios for publishing Native Shark Phase 1. And I was part mm -hmm. of picking out the voice actors and the things that they would submit for, hey, please hire me. I'm like, no, no, mm -hmm. I, I don't want this. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You're a professional voice actor. Nope. <laughs> yeah. You sound like a textbook CD kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. Mm. Once you tell someone, this is for learning language, they start talking like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be careful for sure. Mm. I think that was kind of my whole journey. So I guess just to give a timeline to it, at this point, I've been studying for six and a half years, I think now. So I started July 2015. And then two and a half years in, I passed the N2. Three and a half years, I failed the N1. <laughs> and then just under four years, like a few, like a week or two under four years, I passed the N1. So that was like my timeline. And now it's been two and a half years since I passed the N1. And now I feel so much better. And I can like really speak and like having that living in a Japan experience. And another experience I really enjoy about living in Japan is now I, I have Japanese coworkers and we'll eat lunch together. And like two of them will be talking with each other. And one of them always talks with her mouth full. <laughs> and she talks like really fast Japanese to begin with. So that's that's a point I still try to I need to work on. <laughs> just like slide a recorder in there. Like, yeah, please talk. Please yeah. keep talking. I just need this for later <laughs> audio to practice on. <laughs> I want to record them so bad, but I haven't worked up the courage to ask. Oh, <laughs> if you do, please let us know. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to ask them. But I have noticed since I've been really trying to focus and understand it, I am understanding it more. Like when we have a conversation, it's much easier because she goes down closer to my speed. But like when it's two Japanese people, there is like a differential in speed still, right? Sometimes people have to slow down slightly for me. Also, I feel like some differentiations in what gets dropped and or clarified is a little bit different. Mm, I agree. There's definitely a difference. I'm just working on getting better in order to make that difference as small as I possibly can. So what did they want? Thank you for sharing your journey with us. Yeah, hopefully it was helpful. <laughs> Do you have any advice going off of what we talked about today? So much advice. So much advice. <laughs> um, 
honestly, one of the big things for me is speaking is terrifying, but don't be afraid to do it. Actually, no, let me rephrase that. Do be afraid, be terrified, but do it anyway. That's what's cool. That's what makes you cool is if you're terrified, but you don't give up because that was me. (laughs) I'm terrified, but I tried and I think I improved a lot. So yeah, it's okay to be nervous. That's super natural. So just be nervous and then find a speaking partner and then just practice. And it's not a big deal if you mess up. They will not remember. Yeah, that's the thing. Any mistake or embarrassing thing you remember better than everyone else. Think about all the people you've met and maybe how many embarrassing things that they still hold on to, but you've completely forgotten. Everyone thinks that way about you. (laughs) So just go for it. And then another piece of advice i'd say don't worry too much about kanji just learn it with vocab we kind of talked about that a little bit but don't stress over oh this kanji is weird or this kanji is weird just learn it with vocab if you feel like it put it in your flashcards. if you don't don't you'll see it eventually again and you'll just get reminded every single time you see it if it's common and important enough you will see it and you will remember exactly and i think that's why exposure so studying is very important keeping up studying every day if you can or as often as you can every other day something but and then getting exposure so for me it was games anime and now i live in japan so that's always natural exposure but just keeping that exposure so you'll keep seeing the things that are common and kind of going hand in hand with that with study as often as you can but don't beat yourself up if you miss a day or something There were some days I did have that super long streak, but there were some days where I'm going to a New Year's party. I'm in the car with my friends. I just got off of work. I have Anki in my left hand and I'm just going through, just spamming, barely reading anything. The car music is blaring. My friends are like speeding down the highway. (laughs) and That's my study for the day. And that's okay. (laughs) And then, so lots of advice, I guess. My last piece of advice is make your own study space. So for me, I had a desk that I always studied at. And even if you don't have like another desk or anything, if you say study at your computer or study on your phone, if you study on your computer, maybe when you press the power button, the only thing you're allowed to do on your computer is study until studying is done, then you can do other things. That's what kept me for a while. And then if it's like your phone or your tablet, maybe have a comfy chair or something you love to sit in and just enjoy your time studying. And then try to do that in the morning if you can. I I recommend the morning at least because I think it's easier to not get accidentally caught on the the social media dopamine train or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone's a little different there. Depends on who you are, for routine-wise. Yeah, I think don't be afraid to try different things with your routine. Maybe is the most important. See what works best for you and then whatever way makes it easiest for you to stick to. Those are my main points for the advice. If you have questions, I love to answer questions. So please come to the Native Shark community. There's a link in the description of the podcast. Yeah, I'll happily answer anything else that might be on your mind if you're worried about something or whatnot. So that's that's my main advice, I suppose. If you have any advice you want to share, because, hey, different things work for different people. So definitely my way is not the only way. <laughs> there are plenty of ways to learn Japanese. Come share in the Discord. If you have a question, you want to ask me, or just get advice from everyone in the community. They're super helpful over there. So the link is in the description. So yoroshiku onegaishimasu. Yoroshiku onegaishimasu. 
私はタンポポ。タンポポ Thanks for listening. To continue your learning, be sure to sign up with Native Shark at nativeshark.com slash lbjp to get an extended free trial. And check out the show notes linked in the description. Did you have any questions about the topic? Are there any topics you want us to talk about on this podcast? Come chat with us at nativeshark.com slash community. We'd love to hear your thoughts.